Hello and welcome to the Clockwork Around Your Podcast, the podcast all about the Dutch national team. The Dutch national team who is now managed for a third time by Louis van Gaal. And uh, that is, of course, what we're going to be discussing in today's episode. Uh, I'm your host, Finley Krabolder. Joining me as always is Peter McVitie. Peter, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm all good, thanks. All good. Happy to uh, be able to talk about the Dutch national team without having to think too much about the Euros or mention the name Frank de Boer. <laughs> yeah, he's just dead both. <laughs> yeah, that that'll be oh, the only no. time. That'll be the only We're time. Depressed already. What a <laughs> moving forward, moving forward. Um, so yeah, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're already well aware that Louis van Gaal has been announced as the new um, manager of the national team. It feels kind of weird referring to him as the new manager, considering he's done it twice before. Um, but yeah, I mean, initial thoughts on it when you heard it was going to be him? Good, bad, not sure yet? Um, yeah, it was obviously we were happy that they made the change uh, after uh, Frank de Boer's dismal showing and we didn't really have any reason to, to think that he would get them back on track. So um, yeah, it was uh, nice for them to pick a a stable option considering they don't have much time between the end of the Euros and the next uh, very important crucial World Cup qualifying game in September against Norway. Um, was kind of hoping they would go for something a bit more imaginative, um, which considering there weren't many Dutch options, it would have had to have been a, a foreign option, but of course there weren't many great choices out there. Maybe Antonio Conte was probably the, the pick of the bunch. But, yeah, they've gone for somebody who uh, the players will obviously respect, somebody who has a bit more uh, a bit more to them than De Boer. He's obviously tactically well-respected over the course of his career. And, yeah, has uh, will knows the players, knows what he's getting into and, and the players know what they're getting from him as well. So it's a good stable option for hopefully the the World Cup, hopefully they make it. Um, they really can't afford to lose any ground. So I think they, they had that in mind with the fact that they, they really can't have much of a, 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 a time for uh, the team to adapt to anything drastically new. So in this in that sense best one makes sense yeah yeah for sure I think it's it's a safe pair of hands you're going to get really when you look at the options that were available um there were uh, even even in terms of foreign appointments I think when you think of a, a, a you know a safe appointment someone that could maybe click immediately for the really important world cup qualifiers we've got coming up I think Van Gaal probably was probably was the best option there was um First, I thought we'd maybe um, take a look at, well, his last spell as the Dutch manager, um, which ended in 2014. He picked up after Euro 2012 and got us to, well, third place at the World Cup. Um, I mean, what are your kind of memories of his time in charge back then? Um, that it was, well, obviously the World Cup was surprisingly uh, good. There wasn't really anything expected of the Netherlands heading into that competition. Uh, he took uh, a new formation, which obviously uh, was partly inspired by Ronald Koeman's final team, but uh, then went on to 
I guess, inspire Frank de Bull's uh, formation for the, net, uh, the national team as well. Um, yeah, I have a lot of good memories just based on that World Cup. He was, yeah, he was very Van Gaal through that era. He was entertaining and, and quite funny. And he he took them from, yeah, being very cynical heading into that World Cup. I thought they would be lucky to get out of the group stage. But they started off, obviously, just unbelievably exciting um, with the, the one against Spain. And, yeah, just played really well all the way through it until the, well, they had a couple of less exciting games, obviously, but um, up until the the loss to Argentina, they were pretty exciting uh, and interesting. So I thought it was a really fun spell, uh, to be honest with you. They didn't really, even before the World Cup, they lost like two games. I think they lost the first one. And then they lost to France. Um, yeah. But overall, they were they were stable. They were pretty good. It just the squad just didn't look that good going into the World Cup, and he managed to he managed to recover that with uh, the the change to the 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 back the back three three five two five three two. No one can ever really make up their minds. But um, obviously, it was uh, it was Arjen Robin's tournament for the Netherlands. But uh, Van Gaal was the one who sort of moved everything around to 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 cover for him and give him the freedom to to just excel uh, and also remain sort of stable defensively up until up until that game against Argentina. It's important to remember because yeah, a lot of people will kind of look at that 2014 team and see well the front three: Robin Van Persie, Schneider, and think ah you know Van Gaal had a great squad. Um, but he really didn't. I mean, Robin was at his, his peak at his best, I think, and he was unbelievable. But I think at that point, Schneider and Van Persie were both past their best. And the rest of the squad was pretty average on the whole. You had a lot of young players um, with Nigel De Jong and Ron Vlaar fitting in there as well. And yeah, that was about it, really. I mean, really, I'd say Robin was, once Strokeman got injured, at least, Robin was probably the only, you know, undoubtedly kind of world-class player. Um I mean, and, and like you know, and he got third at the World Cup with that, which I mean is is massively impressive, really, isn't it? And it kind of makes you think. Well, I mean, would you say that the, this squad that he's coming that uh, that he's taking over now is stronger than the one he had? Yeah, I think so. I think there's more potential there. I mean, yeah, they don't have those, like as many big figures as that team had, and the closest they have to, to a figure like Robin is Memphis Depay, which, I mean, he has been just the, the crucial, uh, decisive player in terms of goals and assists for the last couple of years. So um, that's a, a good option to rely on. But, um, yeah, I mean, looking at it, we were pretty optimistic about the squad uh, heading into the Euros. They looked pretty well stacked at centre-back. The midfield was full of quality, it was just how are they going to uh, piece it together to get the best out of it. And yeah, with like Malin and Depay and Verhorst, yeah, they were well placed to, to move things around up front and, and have a lot of reliable options there. But they left us feeling, yeah, actually pretty good about the squad. So yeah, I think he, he has a lot to work with and there are a lot of expectations to to at least get to the World Cup now, 
I think that's manageable. And then you have what happens at the World Cup is is a bit different. I mean, there's maybe still not um, one of the best teams. Maybe that will change by then. But um, yeah, I think this one has um, yeah more to work with, and and uh, the talent is kind of evenly spread throughout the squad. That the the yes yeah, it's, it's a bit better I mean you you can't see him doing another kite at left wing back sort of <laughs> trick or pulling on uh, Paul Verheer or uh, uh, just these sort of random figures uh, so yeah I think he's got a, a pretty solid uh, well not solid but a, a good team that has a lot of potential to work with over the next uh, over the next year I mean, you know, I, I think back to the 2014 team, and like you mentioned, you had, uh, yeah, you had Vahoy coming on, you had Leroy Fur coming on against Chile. He got a goal, to be fair, but yeah, there was some, uh, uh, Congolo came on. You had some, you know, players that I don't think you could consider anywhere near world class who, who, who he used really well, to be fair. Um, I think for me, what's most exciting is that he's. I think he seems a really good fit for this squad in that he's kind of renowned for how how well he does with young players. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, he discovered is a bit of a weird term, but he was the one who kind of brought Schreinsteiger through, Muller through, Cruz, Rashford, Xavi, Iniesta, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, to the Ajax team in, in, in the mid-90s, he brought loads through there. Um, I, it's probably, I'd say, maybe his biggest strength even. And I mean, that kind of lines up really well with this squad doesn't it because we we do it is a very young squad on the whole yeah and that's his uh his his pride is uh is bringing these players through i mean it carried ajax to the champions league uh, victory obviously yeah that's the exciting thing about that's uh this team uh and the team below it i mean we were i think again pretty optimistic about the young players coming through uh i mean we didn't stop screaming about tin coat miners and I don't know about you, but I never will. Nope. And uh, yeah, and that was the thing with De Boer, like that was his big thing at Ajax as well. And it's something, it's a kind of a side of his philosophy, I guess you could call it, that he, he sort of abandoned a bit. Um, whereas, yeah, there are a lot of young players in the young Aranya team that, um, are, put, that are pressing to, to get a call up and, yeah, over the next year, Farhal, you can imagine, will will uh, give them a shout. So, yeah, it's, uh, it broadens their their options a bit, and yeah, it's just something that Netherlands always are excited about and always looking to 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 do is just have the always have a quality young squad. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's one. One change I'm pretty certain we're going to have is that we're going to have a younger squad. I think De Boer did maybe give chances to young players a bit more than than Koeman did, you know. I mean, Gravenberch got some game time, Vindel did, um, Malin obviously, but I think on the yeah, whole, he was still. I d- he was still quite cautious, though, to be fair. I mean, uh, none of them were in his starting lineup at the Euros, really, were they? I mean, Gravenberch was back up to. Derone Vindel was back up to Van Aanholt and Marlon came in and out for Veghorst. So, no, I think it's fair to say he could have definitely given more. I think with Van Hal, he's definitely not afraid to kind of chuck a young player in the deep end. You know I mean? If yeah. you think back to Marcus Rashford's debut for Man U, he was like 17. No one had ever heard of him. I mean, so I think that's 
a change we're definitely going to see pretty much immediately with the first squad selection even in a few weeks um just hope so that he handles it a bit more tactfully than uh, Danny Blind did with uh, Matthias Delict's debut. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, that cost <laughs> us that World Cup squad in the spot, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, brutal. Younger is probably the way we're going to go. Do you think there's any other players, maybe not the youngsters, that kind of particularly benefit or are hurt by the appointment that you kind of look at and you think, yeah, he'd like them, not like them? It's hard to say with Vakal. It's because it's hard to even work out if he is just going to stick with the the back three or he's he's going to revert to to the four three three again. Um, so I don't know if there's anybody who he's he's just going to hate basically. But um, yeah, I think Memphis Depay will probably benefit from it a bit because uh, I think Varhal will again sort of try and play to his strengths as being the the crucial part uh, of the team. Uh, I think he will have a better uh, impact on the midfield as well and actually get them into play. Um, and I, you hopefully avoid situations like against the Czech Republic where the midfield was just completely ignored and it felt, yeah, again, back to like the, the Danny Blind or Chris Hiddig sort of days where it felt like there was no midfield. Um, and yeah, you know, obviously it will hopefully um, improve the chances of young players coming through. I mean, you might then get like Myron Bodu and Calvin Steggs uh, given more of a chance, uh, especially if they perform well in France at the moment. And uh, yeah, I mean, the ones who are going to thrive are the ones who have always been, have been doing it for a while. I mean, you've got Vijnaldum. Is going to be fine. The pie who's going to has got a good relationship with Van Gaal. Yeah, maybe the defence is going to be the the one thing because they are kind of stacked at right back. Uh, left back is still a bit of a problem as we saw. So he's, maybe that might be the reason that he'll stay with a, a, four, uh, a three five two. But uh, yeah, I don't think there's anybody who he's going to. Spies. I mean, I'm even thinking about like Martin Deron. I don't even think that he'll just uh, shove him aside and ignore him. I think he he might still uh, keep his his place in the team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when he, Nigel Young was a, a key player in Van Hal's side, wasn't he? I think yeah. he's always had that kind of destroyer. I guess you know, uh, usually playing at holding mid in a 4-3-3 to kind of break up attacks and do the simple stuff. Uh, and De Jong was so important in doing that. So, yeah, I think for the time being, Daron might stick around um, until, uh, no offence to him, but until a, a better option comes through, a uh, younger option. I don't know who that, if he is going to stick Coop Miners there or, or maybe put Blind in midfield. I know he did that at United a bit when Blind was there. Um, not nearly enough, though. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, we've mentioned formations briefly, and I think that's another big question, isn't it? Because it's weird, before the 2014 World Cup, Van Gaal was quite predictable in that he'd always play a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1. And he did that for us as well, obviously, in the qualifiers for the 2014 World Cup. But then Strootman got injured, we went to that 5-3-2. Um, and I, I got that as a one-off, but then weirdly, he kind of took that with him to United. And then at United, he chopped and changed so much. I think that was one of the big issues of his time there. He couldn't really settle on a on a formation to play. I mean, do you expect him to go back to that kind of classic Dutch 
4-3-3 or, or, or stick to the 5-3-2 that, that De Boer adopted for the Euros? Yeah, I think he might stick with it just because that left-back uh, position is such a, a, a strange problem for them. They don't really have uh, a quality option other than... I mean, I'm, I am a big admirer of Von Vindal, but he yeah he struggled uh, for the national team under De Boer. Um, he doesn't suit the three-five-two system, so they need more of a yeah like Patrick Van Aanholt was, but I don't know if uh, they'll stick with him. So uh, yeah, I think he'll be open to it. I mean, he when they he had an interview with a Dutch newspaper. I can't remember. I think it might have been a role uh, before the Euros, and he was asked about like the Boer um, switching, obviously, and he was still like really. Yeah, saying that it's a it's a really good formation and uh, De Boer was sort of right to to go with it, and uh, he is he at least understands the final details of that system, whereas De Boer had never used it and obviously isn't as deep a thinker <laughs> about it as uh, as Van Gaal is. So at least if they do stick with it, you I mean we know that he he knows how to use it, um, but. Yeah, I think the four three three is still an option. I mean, it's probably the one that I would use. Um, not that anyone's, not that the kind would be asking me, but um, <laughs> I think uh, that with with Vindal, I mean, that is the system that he's better suited to. It's just uh, you just need to sort of cover for him a bit, which is I think uh, manageable. Um, so if he sort of continues to progress. Over this season, as Ed, then uh, it will be uh, it will be an indicator of of what what their potential is with that system because that and that was the problem with Van Gaal the last time. I mean, it's just been the problem for the Netherlands really. Uh, well, one of the many, but now it's the main one is that left back position. I mean, you you really don't want to stick Blind there. I don't think you want no. to play Blind at centre back when you've only got when he's it's one of two which yeah as you say would be then you can move him into midfield but um yeah i think it just depends on on the best cover defensively and that position is the is the most troublesome one for me yeah yeah for sure i, I mean a lot of people are gonna hear you know the term five three two and kind of get ptsd from the euros and think <laughs> oh god we can't be playing that again but I think in terms of like the personnel for the squad, it does make a lot of sense, mainly because like you've said that that left back spot is so dodgy. If we got a left wing back, we can maybe be a bit more creative with it. Um, you could even maybe stick Blind there if you've got a back three of Delict, De Vrij, Van Dijk. I think that's probably yeah. adequate cover. Um, but then uh, on the flip side, it's yeah, I think the four-three-three maybe gives you a few more. I mean, obviously you have an extra attacker, an extra winger, but then it's really tough. You know, the five-three-two fits in three centre backs, and that's probably our strongest area. So that's obviously a pro. Doesn't need wingers, and wingers is a weirdly weak spot at the moment for the. I mean, Memphis can play there obviously and do a job there. Um, but yeah, it's a tough one. But I think it's if he does go to five-three-two, I don't think it should be kind of panic stations oh no it's going to be the Euros all over again because I mean he's proved that that he knows how to use it doesn't he yeah yeah it's um he has just a better understanding of it than uh 
than well, obviously De Boer and the previous managers. He's just uh, he's like I say, a bit of a, a, a deeper thinker in that sense. Uh, and so yeah, I have yeah, I have a lot of faith in him in in, in that front. I think. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think yeah, tactics is one thing that I'm not worried about. Although some people are because. Um, I mean, obviously, Spell at Man U, his last managerial job, didn't go particularly well. Um, like I said, he kind of chopped and changed formations a lot. He got his team playing incredibly boring football at times. Like, uh, it was so dull. No real threat. It wasn't like Van Gaal at all. It was nothing like any of his other teams, really. Um, yeah, some people are concerned about that. And given given that was his last managerial job, do you think there are some reasons to kind of worry that maybe he is, you know, that was a sign that as he's getting older, he's maybe losing his edge a bit? Uh, no, not necessarily. I mean, uh, Manchester United was a mess at the time. Uh, mm. uh, kind of still is, but uh, it was really a, a, a difficult job. And uh, yeah, I was a bit sympathetic toward, to him uh, for... A few reasons, and I was a bit critical of him for uh, for the the Memphis abandonment. But um, yeah, the yeah, it was it's a difficult one because it was just such a strange squad uh, and a, a poorly run uh, club. But um, there were so many issues beyond him, and I think that sort of is it. There's evidence of that given how they were for a few years up until now. Um so yeah, it's it's a it's a strange era. Um and I think he's coming to an environment that is more stable. I mean it's not like he's they're gonna they can't be making transfers and signing just ridiculous players. He's he's got a, a decent squad to, to work with and, and decent players to choose from outside that. Um when it comes to his playing style yeah, I think he will be a bit more fluid and interesting. Vajal has always been not dull, but um, kind of rigid, I guess, is maybe the best way to put it with his playing style. He sees players as just having uh, their set position in the squad uh, and the team. And uh, and they just sort of have to have to stick with that. And yeah, that's I mean, that's just the way he's, he's been. So, yeah, the Manchester one was obviously a, a strange, funny era at times, obviously. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't really, it doesn't, I don't really um, think of it as, as a reason to be pessimistic or, or overly worried. I mean, it's, it's, he's still Van Gaal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think if, because obviously they replaced him with Mourinho. If when they got rid of him, Mourinho came in and kind of, you know, went on two, three years of really good seasons, winning a lot, getting top four, then I would have looked at him and thought, oh, yeah, maybe Van Gaal was a problem. But yeah, like you said, the, the, the club as a whole is just, around that period, was just a mess. Um, they got rid of Van Gaal just after he'd won an FA Cup, you know, and then, which what was it? It's a decent achievement with that team. And they got Mourinho in and things didn't really improve. I mean, his first season was decent. I think they finished second and got Europa League. But after that, it was, it got worse than it had ever been under Van Gaal. Van Gaal's first season, he got 
top four Champions League football and the second season you got the FA Cup you know it's it's not like it was a disaster so yeah now I'm with you there I, I don't think there's too many reasons to be worried and ultimately his his last spell in charge of the national team is a lot more comparable and relevant than his spell at Man United isn't it because it's obviously the same job and that went really well so yeah I don't think there's too many reasons to be worried there um are there any reasons why you'd maybe doubt that this is going to be a successful appointment anything that you're particularly worried about well not really uh I think as I say, it was the the most stable option. I think the crucial thing is just him getting off to the perfect start. They really can't afford to to slip up uh, in this this game against uh, Norway. And Varhal knows the danger of of dropping points early. I mean, his his failed uh, attempt to qualify for the 2002 World Cup was. Uh, due to just a, a disastrous start. I mean, I think they got like four points from the first three games uh, in that qualifying campaign. Um, and now having slipped behind Turkey uh, and got Norway and Montenegro breathing down their necks, then, yeah, they they really can't afford to, to slip up in this game. And I think that's going to be the... It's going to be just so crucial in in terms of working out his uh, whether or not this is going to be successful. So yeah, he just needs to get off to the perfect start, and I think yeah, he has this. They have good enough players, but um, obviously nothing's ever nothing can be taken for granted with this team. So yeah, it's just mm. that is uh, that is going to be the the crucial moment, I think. But other than that, yeah, like I say, he he was the the best option available for them the only option really available for them in terms of uh dutch coaches and um yeah the one that gives them that best chance i, I think he's not going to come in and drastically change so much that the players are going to be at a loss i think they will just be improving a lot on what they've already been doing under uh under the boer and it will just give them more direction uh, he is somebody who can inspire his players a bit. I mean, um, he is a, a bit of a motivator as well as being the the, the tactical uh, noose that he's got. So he, yeah, he's just a, a better figure, I think, to have around in De Boer, who didn't seem to get anything extra out of his players and didn't even seem to be able to get them going tactically either so yeah it's uh it should be an improvement hopefully I'll, I'll record and i can put it up as a clip and seem like a massive idiot if things go horribly wrong but <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident that he's gonna have a go i'm not saying we're gonna win the world cup you know but i'm fairly confident we'll get there and that we can have a decent tournament um i don't think it's gonna be I think it's going to be more like twenty his 2014 spell than his 2002 spell, let's say that. Um, we'll take a look at, yeah, obviously you mentioned the the upcoming games that, thanks to good old Frank, we really, really can't afford to lose any of them. Um, and yeah, they're sadly not far away, which is a bit of a worry, considering Van Hal has only just been appointed. But yeah, we'll take a look at those in a sec. But one last word on the appointments first. Um 
the assistant managers, because I think for very different reasons, both appointments are very interesting ones. Um, start off with the more interesting one, I think, which is Hank Fraser uh, being appointed assistant while staying the Sparta Rotterdam manager. Um, well, he's done a great job at Sparta Rotterdam, I think. There's not too much. I don't think you can really debate that too much. And he's, well, younger, obviously, than Van Gaal. It could maybe be, you know, with a mind to him stepping in after the World Cup. But I mean, all in all, I don't know. This this kind of this appointment kind of excited me as much as Van Gaal himself being appointed, just because of how much of a surprise it was, I think. I mean, it's not often you get a club manager who's doing well at his club ending up as assistant for the national team as well. Yeah, I bet you were uh, relieved that it wasn't uh, your number one Judas Van Nistelrooy. Yeah, yeah, uh, honestly. It's something he's doing behind the scenes. Every time he's an assistant, it just goes horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're you're absolutely right. He's done a, a spectacular job at Sparta Rotterdam, obviously brought them up from the, the second tier. And yeah, had two great uh, finishes. He did okay at the test. They are uh, kind of ambitious team and a bit of a strange one so it's always difficult to to get them out of uh, mid-table and uh, so and then uh, other than Haag he was okay he's always been seen as a future Feyenoord manager and that's really mainly because of the type of football that he plays and uh, the fact that he is obviously uh, used to play for them and um, but he is in no way a Typical Dutch coach. He isn't isn't uh, devoted to the four three three or anything, or even playing attractive attacking football. To be honest, he's a bit more reserved. Uh, and uh, yeah, his teams are uh, kind of stifling a bit at times. But uh, at Sparta, it's been yeah, it's been a bit different. Uh, but yeah, it was a, an interesting appointment, yeah, for because Verhal seemed was the one who wanted them, I think, and yeah, he obviously he must see something in him, and I, I think he will give a, a different perspective. He's obviously not um, tainted by previous experience with uh, the national team, and uh, yeah, maybe he's just he will have different ideas and a different uh, attention to detail that will, will help Van Gaal sort of bring some stability to the team. But yeah, I was quite surprised by it as well. I'm a, an admirer of Hank Fraser, but uh, I don't know if I want him to, to succeed Van Gaal, though. I, I hope it's not really the um, the Hedig-Danny Blind dynamic yeah. going on. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good assistant to call on. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that, that's obviously the big worry when you hear stuff like, you know, could he succeed Van Gaal afterwards? You do think back to the Hiddink Blind scenario and how incredibly poorly that went. I think I I think this I'm a bit less worried about it if it happened this time just because Fraser, unlike Blind, has done well in club football. Van Gaal chose Fraser as well rather than the KMVB. Whereas yeah. the KMVB, they seem to just kind of dead set on that plan didn't they when they got Hiddink in there I mean of getting someone to be his assistant and then succeeding them I mean they wanted to do it with Kuman first and then he said no so they thought oh let's just get Blind and I mean there was no real logic to suggest that would be a good but let's not get into ranting about <laughs> the past um yeah we'll get both our blood pressures up yeah yeah exactly uh we don't have to talk about Danny Blind though of course because he is <laughs> 
the other assistant. And this is so it's definitely gonna has worried a lot of people, I think, just because you know he was obviously terrible as the the manager after Hiddink left. But I mean, I don't know. Obviously, it's a completely different job being an assistant manager, and well, he was obviously a good assistant to Van Gaal before, shown by the fact that well, one we got good results and two that Van Gaal chose to have him back again so I don't know it's I guess it, it uh I don't know I trust Van Gaal's judgment I suppose <laughs> yeah yeah and he's been uh almost a a, con- a a constant presence with the national team lately and yeah obviously being an assistant is a is a completely different thing uh to the head coach so yeah I don't really I'm not worried about it if as long as yeah he's he's he stays away from that head coach role then uh, it should be fine yeah I'm just thinking that we must be probably the first national team ever to sack a manager and then have him back as our assistant manager a few years <laughs> later <laughs> yeah it could be yeah, yeah. <laughs> although to be that. fair Van Dusten came back as assistant but I think he resigned after 2008 there but it's yeah. a weird one either way isn't it um but yeah, overall, so Van Gaal lead manager, Fraser and Blind assistants. Um, on the whole, decent, decent setup, you think? Yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, a reliable team, and yeah, I'm pretty uh, optimistic for the. It's a short term thing. I mean, when it comes to the long term, it's a bit more difficult, and it it becomes a bit more worrying. But um, yeah, as a as a sort of short term fix, then yeah, I think this is a decent uh decent setup that they've got to be honest i don't think it's it's that much um i'm not really critical of the fact they've gone for a short-term option because ultimately there were no good long-term options around and that might change by the time after you know after the world cup's over and van Gaal's presumably gone i mean he's going to be i don't know how old he is mate getting towards 80 by then <laughs> no, I mean, he's just turned 70 yesterday yeah. i think yeah that's not that bad then del bosque was you know very very old when he left Spain so yeah. but yeah I mean I don't think it's that bad because there's no good long-term options now I don't think and after the World Cup it's likely that there'll be better ones you know all I'm saying is that there weren't good long-term options now and in terms of that regard they can only be better after the World Cup I think so yeah I don't think it's really a massive worry um that we've got an older manager in to be honest um I rewatched highlights um, the other night of Van Gaal's first game in charge when he took over in 2012 in it against Belgium oh, okay. and we lost uh, 4-2. Yeah, what really jumped out at me is how just completely different that team was to the one that was at the Euros in 2012. You know, he had no issues with making changes immediately. I mean, you had players there like Narsing started. He wasn't, you know, around in the Euro 2012 squad. Um Strootman started, Robin was on the left wing, Huntelaar was in for Van Persie. I mean, it was just, you know, completely different. Um, and that kind of makes me think that we could see a lot of changes in this squad as well. Um, are you, can you see that? And you think he's going to try and kind of play it safe for now and keep the, the Euros squad largely together? Yeah, I think that would be the, the core, uh, would be having them. But yeah, there's uh, still a lot of potential uh, as i say he can still call on some of the, the players from the young aranya team um but yeah i think this the squad that's there now will probably be the, the 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 basis i think in terms of yeah players that will come in i imagine maybe 
is it maybe Bilo will come in because I don't yeah. think there's any point having Stakelenberg in the squad anymore, really. No. Um, in fact, I, I'd probably say Bilo is the player that I'd say is most likely to have his to be the first player to make their debut under Van Hal, I think. So yeah, I think him, um, Marco Van Hinkel, hopefully. Uh, I, I, I know that Van Hal had him in his squad back back in the back um, before the injury problems came in. He had him in there a few times, and anyone who follows the clockwork around your Twitter will know that. I am a massive fan of him, so he's another <laughs> one that could come in, obviously. Um, but yeah, on the whole, the core's probably going to be the same. With, oh, and we'll have Van Dyke back. That'd be nice, won't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, be a nice wee treat for him to be called up. Yeah, yeah. First <laughs> time, first time under Van Hal that he's going to play, which seems crazy because I mean, uh, he. he from like 2015, it feels like he's been a world-class defender, and yeah, in 2014, he wasn't even in the squad. It's uh, yeah, yeah, that... and he was he was like calling up. Uh, was he not calling up like Van der Horn or something at the time, or was it Veltman? That he, uh, yeah, it was Veltman. Uh, oh, yeah. Because that was a controversy. Was that Van Dijk was being overlooked because he was at Celtic, and uh, but he obviously had more experience than like Veltman, and Veltman was just drafted up right away. And it was uh, a huge injustice because Van Dyke had been quality at Groningen. I mean, he really carried that team uh, and was excellent uh, at Celtic. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was controversial for him to just snub Van Dyke like that. So it's a chance for Van Dyke to um, to have a word with him and in maybe. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Um... Yeah, in terms of squad, yeah, I don't think we're going to see insane amount of changes. I think we will see a few come in, though, that weren't in the mix under De Boer, probably. Um, a few go out. I don't think we'll ever see Ryan Barbel play for the Netherlands again. I think it's fairly safe to say. Kevin Strootman's an interesting one. Obviously, Van Hal loved him, and he's he has been finding a bit of form in Italy. I think he's it. I don't know who's got a move to this year. Bologna, is it, I think? Yeah. Oh, was it not Genoa? Uh, yeah, you might be right. He was at Genoa, and now another Italian team. Oh, yeah, one yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know who. It might be Bologna, it might be Cagliari. I don't know. But either way, that's an interesting one. Um, looking ahead to the matches themselves, Norway first up. I mean, that's that's the worrying one, isn't it? Because Van Gaal's literally going to have only had, I'm guessing, three days or so with his squad, and we're coming up against a a pretty decent team. Um you think we can you think we can still win it yeah yeah i think so um yeah like norway do have a a good squad but um yeah i think netherlands have enough to they really have enough to win that group or they should have but um obviously they had that terrible start against turkey which has set them back and it's a, a tough one it's a difficult start i would rather they were facing like montenegro first but yeah, yeah, I think they can. It'll be close for the Norway game, but I think they can win it. And yeah, they really need to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, a draw wouldn't be the end of the world, I guess, because Turkey slipped up against Latvia. But yeah, if we lose, giving Norway three points and us none, then we'd end up probably behind Turkey and Norway, which would be, yeah. Not ideal, uh, it's fair to say. So, yeah, I mean, that's a massive game and it's a tough start. But I think if he can win that, it's a big confidence boost as well. 
Um, and it puts them in a really good position going forward. I mean, then it's in our own hands, really. If we beat Turkey and don't slip up against a smaller side, then we should theoretically top the group. So, yeah, obviously those matches are in three weeks' time. All in all, it's, I don't know, it's uh, at this point, it's uh, exciting, I guess, looking ahead to the future of the national team with Van Gaal back, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, uh, when the Boer was appointed, we were... Not optimistic <laughs> at all, and that played out uh, correctly. So yeah, Van Gaal, it just feels like it's it's going to be a bit more stable, and uh, yeah, and they've got someone at least competent, and uh, yeah, hopefully it's more of a 2014 uh, venture than the than his first one. So. But yeah, um, in terms of the the options that they had and and what they had, what they could do, then this is the the, the best option. And I mean, uh, yeah, it's a, I think in two thousand and two, one of the issues was he had maybe I don't know too many big players. Um, didn't really click. Twenty fourteen, he probably didn't have enough big players to to win a, to win a major tournament. Only really Robin was performing. I know Schneider and Van Persie were still around. Um, so I don't know, I think in terms of the squad, it's kind of a, a happy medium. It's got a bit of youth still, but it has got some big names as well. And yeah, I think uh, I, I think all the signs kind of point towards this being a successful spell for him, you know. And I imagine it'll be his last job in football. So hopefully he can go out on a high. But yeah, we'll be, uh, I'm sure we'll be back to, to discuss those three matches after they're done. Um it feels like a really long international break, actually, doesn't it? Three matches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, usually international breaks are two matches in like four days and then you're done. Um, I think like it goes over a week, this international break, actually, which, yeah, seems weird. But I mean, yeah. that's that, that's probably good for Van Gaal as well, isn't it? Get some more time with the team, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Just hope they're not completely worn out. Because, I mean, that's, mm. that's tough yeah. to play um, three games over, uh, yeah, like a week, six days, maybe game every three days is uh yeah it's a bit brutal for them so uh it's uh, but yeah yeah as you say it's one long spell where he can actually figure things out and and get the get the sense of the team yeah for sure well yeah we'll be back after those matches at some point to to discuss them and in the meantime you can yeah keep an eye on the Twitter clockwork at clockwork around you will be uh yeah I don't know I'll be tweeting about something something there's always something to tweet <laughs> about in Dutch football whatever it may be I mean the club season's starting up again now so uh yeah there'll be many videos of all of the all of the Dutch players who have got their big moves abroad and uh tearing it up I mean Memphis Depay replacing Messi at Barcelona that'll be that'll be a good one um and good improvement for Barcelona that's a step up yeah solid step up I think it's uh, <laughs> Uh, I saw a tweet. It was like, uh, you just know Memphis is walking into that room asking for the number 10 shirt now. Man, yeah. I wish I had his confidence. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, but anyway, yeah. Also, if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you're listening on another platform where you can leave reviews, then yeah, you can also do that. Um, and yeah thanks thanks for listening as always um and peter thanks for coming on thanks for having me and yeah we'll see you soon all right